Welcome back to our discussion with Ryan Meeks, a young alum of the Walton College. In this episode, we continue our discussion and focus on how we develop our own style of communicating and how changes in context always alter the way we communicate. This is going to be a fun conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. You know, we've been talking about brand awareness, social uh, social media and the like. We're both extroverts, but but not everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you learned to communicate and connect with, with introverts and people with different communication styles? Sure. Um, maybe give us an example if you want. Yeah, definitely. I think it's actually really applicable, and I'm glad that you asked the question. Glad we talked about it before. But actually, so when you're in a high-pressure environment, high-stress environment, high work environment, <laughs> um, limited time environment. You, you yeah. tend to, I tend to, when people don't give me um, the response that I was hoping for, I tend to not necessarily get offended, but I, I hope that it's not something I did, right? So it, the reason I bring that up is because it's actually happened recently oh. where I've had to learn very, very quickly that not everyone responds to a request, not everyone responds to me dropping by as being positive. So set the stage, coworker of mine, super busy, head down on, you know, in her desk, not in her desk, but in, in the work that she's doing. And, um, you know, I saw her head kind of pop up as I was walking by and I needed to tell her something. I just wanted to give her a heads up that I would be sending over uh, a request that I got that was clearly outside of the parameters of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that she was the best person for it, but I did also want to ask her if it should have gone to someone else. Because the last thing I want to do is have a client request sitting around for 20 hours, 24 hours before it gets answered. So to me, what I did would have been very helpful to the end recipient getting that news. Because A, I need to know that an email is coming into my inbox that is time sensitive. And B, I also could answer a question ahead of time to keep it from coming to my inbox and going to someone else's. So that would have been helpful for me. That's not how it was interpreted by this individual. The reason being... That's not how she communicates. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do was realize that when her head was down and she responded with a very short staccato response, it wasn't that she didn't, she wasn't happy with me. I interpreted it that way though, because that's not my personality. If you come and ask me a question, the only thing you might get from me is a delayed response because I want to finish the thought process I'm in whether it's an email or, you know, writing a note or whatever it is. And, and then I'll give you my full attention. But at the end of the day, I'd still try and do that. That's not necessarily everyone's style. And right. maybe even me dropping by was outside of her parameters of what she really thought was the way to handle that situation from a communication perspective. So what I had to do was really say, okay, she's not mad at me. Happy to see that. Don't like it when people around me are upset with me for whatever. That's just my, that's something to me that I'd, yeah. Some people are just like, I don't care what other people think about me. That's not that's not really necessarily my mentality about things. Yeah, me either. Um, but when she didn't respond with me in the way that I was expecting to, I kind of had to step back. And the next time I had something like that, I pinged her. She didn't respond immediately. But here's the thing. I knew she was busy because when I walked by her desk earlier, I was going to stop. But I saw her head down in her work. And I realized that, uh, you know... She's super busy. Mm-hmm. And the last time I did that 
stopped by and interrupted her. It wasn't the way I thought it should have been handled from, you know, the the limited response I got from her. So I pinged her anyways. So, um, you know, using Jabber or whatever the, whatever the right. method was. And she didn't get back with me for like three or four minutes. But when she did, she was happy that I had communicated to her that something was coming. You know, what I felt like would have been a 180 degree difference of uh, response. Right. Although it was probably the same exact response I got in person, but because I got all the extra communication, verb, nonverbal communication with it the first time, mm-hmm. it kind of came off with a sting. This probably had the exact same message if I'm thinking about it, but it was I there was no there was no edge to it. Right. It so neutral. Yeah, exactly. And we actually it was so good because I was talking to one of her team members and I said, you know. Um, I don't like using people as an example because I, it gets misconstrued as gossip. But I was talking to one of her team members and I said, you know, I have been struggling um, to understand said person on the team. You know, I don't know if it's me or if there's something I've done in the past that maybe made her rub the wrong way. Uh, I think that it's stress, but you know her really, really well. What, is there something that I might have said that you've heard, you know, her say to you or or maybe you've observed me do that I might have been doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, very quick to say, you know, don't be so harsh on yourself. I think I am innately harsh on the way that if someone doesn't accept me, mm-hmm. I want to realize why. Right. And in reality, it ended up being just nothing more than just a stressful situation. And in fact, what was good is that the woman that I wasn't chatting with. Um, and the woman that I was inquiring about, we ended up going on a walk around the office, around the building to get kind of fresh air later that afternoon. And, uh, I was able to kind of like ask them general questions and learn that I didn't offend any of them. I just really was holding myself to a different standard of communication that didn't fit her. Yeah. It didn't fit her. And it really, it didn't hurt me now. It doesn't hurt me now knowing that, um, you know, I didn't go home at night, you know, concerned about it, but I also do come into work with a general positive attitude and I want right. people around me to be happy with me. So, yeah, you would have just been like, oh, so-and-so doesn't like me or exactly, or you would have internalized it, and not reflected on it. Yep. And I think a key point of being a good communicator is reflection. Yep. How are people, you know, you always sort of taking your own temperature, yeah. gauging the efficacy of, of your messages. Agreed. And, Couldn't agree more. But one of the things, you, know, you mentioned pinging her with, with IM or, or what have you. One of the things that I think is really challenging about communicating in today's workforce or, or workplace, I mean, even at the university, is that I have people who can contact me by popping by my office, yep. calling me on the phone, scheduling a meeting request, yep. emailing me, or IMing me. Yep. And how do you communicate effectively with all of these different things? Like what counts as effective communication? Yep across the board. So it's like you, you can't not be a flexible communicator. You, you have to be. Again, and then some of those things you can't turn off. You can turn them off in the sense that you can ignore them, but they're still going to be there. Right. They don't go away. They don't go away. So I honestly think, oh, I keep saying honestly. To me, the, <laughs> uh, the challenge is really making other people aware of your primary or favorite way to receive yeah. communication. I had some real, some professors in college that that would be pretty good at this. They would, you know, in the syllabus, they would put, you know, if you need me between these hours and these hours, I'm in my office. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you can't get me in my office, leave me an email or a voicemail. And that was it, right? They gave you time and place. Sure. They gave you parameters as to 
when it was okay to kind of go outside of the box and maybe come to their office and and talk to them face to face because I was always one of those people who liked to have very serious conversations about my grades or, you know, challenges that I was having with an assignment. I wanted to have those in person mainly because I didn't want um, a teacher to be able to skirt the 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 true problem or right you know i wanted them to see that this wasn't something that was oh i just need to make you know grades because mom and dad are paying for my school no it's like i really care about this right and you know when and and not only do i care about it but like it's something that i take pride in so sure the it's interesting you say that i i'm funny in that i like phone calls but i hate voicemail Okay. I, <laughs> I yeah. you know, everybody's different. I like face-to-face meetings, um, like like it when students come in, pop in. Yeah. Um, but there's just sometimes it's still even then it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. Yeah, right? but I think always you're always gonna have communication that's inconvenient. Right. That's the thing. It's like just because something's inconvenient doesn't mean it's not worth your while. What um what would you say of those different communication channels? What was the hardest one for you to learn how to use effectively? Well, I don't think it's something that I've really learned. I think it's still something that I'm sure learning. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's... I just had to mess with you there. Um, <laughs> we're all we're all learning. Continuous <laughs> improvement. That was a that was a Chick Fil A motto. Right. Continuous improvement, and it's something that um, yeah. And, and I think part of that is the self evaluation that you sure. that you spoke to. So I think the one thing that is the ch- most challenging for me is more of a is a preferential thing. It's not necessarily a medium perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think brevity is my challenge. Yeah. If I'm in a very critical way, I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I don't struggle because I want to talk someone's ear off or I want to give them too much information. I think the challenge that I have is that I struggle to condense the amount of information that I think you need to know into the number of words that is the most minimal possible. Yeah. And that's because I like information. <laughs> Yeah, I don't ever want to be caught without a piece of information because mm-hmm. the second you are, you're just you know you're you're expendable. Yeah. So to me, giving someone that level of detail that they need to know mm-hmm. versus what I want them to know is the challenge. It's not necessarily how the what the medium is because I obviously struggle with it verbally, but even in written communication, that is a big challenge. And then. With the advent of text messaging and instant messaging, being able to be grammatically correct and, and, you know, and not that everyone really cares about it all the time, but knowing the time and place when that's important. When is it okay to say yeah to your boss, basically? Or when is it, (laughs) when is, when do you need to say hello to someone? When do you, when do you need to address them in a more formal manner? And that is probably the bigger challenge mm-hmm. that you really have to know the recipient of the email or the yeah. or the the voice, uh, you know, the the message. How do you navigate that? Is it just a matter of time and getting to know the person? Is it intuition? So to is me, it organizational culture. What what is it? So to me, I think internally you have an opportunity to get to know people in a way that maybe you don't as as much with clients or with an external uh, group. So for me, if it's an external communication, I always err on the side of professional, way too professional. Um, 
do too. Because then when you get their response and maybe even it, maybe it's a thread of responses. That's when you figure out, oh, okay. They threw in a smiley face. Well, smiley faces are in. Open season. Emojis are in. <laughs> um, I think you always err on the side of being way formal and you'll get talked down, right? And I think if you're doing it verbally, people will tell you, I grew up in the South. I, I call everyone, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. As do most of our students, probably. We would hope so. At least growing <laughs> up in the South, we would hope so. But some people are offended by it. And yeah. not only are they offended because they think that you're being disrespectful, because they think that you're, you know, yes, sir, like, you know, being almost sarcastic about it. But I think also they they think you're calling them old or, you know, maybe... it's an, It's odd for that formality level for someone from, say, the Northeast yeah. or... You know other parts of the country. My first manager is from the West Coast. Yeah. Week one. Hey, don't don't call me ma'am. <laughs> it was the hardest thing for me. Beyond all the other things about learning the do- learning the job and learning how to right. work, it was the hardest thing for me because to me, I was trying to be respectful. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to know that I did see a, her of high value. Yeah. And to me, that's always been what yes sir, yeah, that's yes how ma'am. You communicate like I recognize your social authority in the situation is like sir and ma'am. And what's kind of crazy is that (laughs) I used to use yes, sir, yes, ma'am on campus, too, to my peers, especially ones that I couldn't remember their names. Um, You know, hey, recognize a face. How you doing, sir? Haven't seen you in a while. It comes off more endearing, right? Yeah. Than just saying, hey, guy or (laughs) like it's not weird. Anyways, so that's probably a, a Ryanism. But at the end of the day, I ultimately struggled with that. And from an internal perspective, you get the opportunity to see people for who they are. You get to see right. people, you get to interact with someone from Wisconsin, someone from New York, someone from down down south in Arkansas, right. where they're not offended. A Person A is not offended, but was surprised by you saying mm-hmm. yes, sir. Person B was offended by you saying yes, sir, and asked you immediately not to do that again. And then person C didn't even realize you said sir because they've heard it their whole life. Totally. Yeah. So it's that's interesting how, how I navigate it. Yeah. It's interesting how geogra- you know, just kind of following off of that. It's interesting how geographical diversity changes the way we communicate. Now you work with people from all over the country. Yep. And I all over the world. All over the world. Yep. And in my last job I had before I went back to grad school and, and, and you know, joined academia, very same thing. Worked with people from all over the country. All over the hemisphere, <laughs> the way you talk changes. What what advice would you give for students on on how to deal with that? Because you obviously, you know, you've been in for four years, and you probably didn't start talking with people across the world from day one. No, but it probably wasn't. You probably just didn't start doing it yesterday either. No. So how did you learn how to do that? Ooh, learning still. And how are you constant yes, exactly. learning? Sorry. Um. So first thing is recognizing the culture that we're talking about. So. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to be a Spock, a, a specific point of contact or a single point of contact um, for uh, a team in India that ran parallel with us that, oh. um, uh, you know, was an extension of our team here locally. So I was actually able to communicate with two individuals on our team there um, in Bangalore. That was probably the, the most challenging thing. A, just from a dialect perspective or, you know, not understanding. 
then them not understanding me, me not understanding them. That was challenging, of course. And, and of course, you witness that when you're talking to someone who speaks four more languages than you do. Um, and English isn't their primary language. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, I struggle sometimes to understand people who spoke in English their whole life. So, um, you know, much less someone who has English as their third language. But it's challenging also to navigate the, the climate that you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked with an individual, you know, Gayatri was was so polite, was so nice. Um, but every time I said her name for the first six months, she chuckled. And I didn't know why she chuckled. But I'm disconnected in, in space. You know, we're... we're thousands of miles away and she chuckled because i called her gayetry every time i misspelled i was mispronouncing her name ah and and finally i got the nerve or the you know it was laughing enough with me and vinayak and gayetry we were all laughing and i was like you know gayetry i have to ask you like you've been we've been communicating back and forth email text or not text email uh pinging each other verbal communication why do you laugh every time i say your name and it was because and she didn't even respond she couldn't respond she felt like it was i guess the way that she was going to respond would have offended me so but i responded you're just mispronouncing your name and so you know gayatri is very different than gayatri it'd be someone if someone called me rain i would you know i would not be offended but i probably would chuckle too and and ultimately though it speaks to the cultural differences. She did not have the cultural norm in her life to correct me. Whereas I in the United me. States, you would have corrected me immediately, especially if I did it multiple times and you probably wouldn't have laughed after the second one. You might have laughed after the first one just because of my inability to actually read a very simple name. But in this case, it's, you know, Gayatri is not familiar to me. Ryan would be familiar to you yes. a little bit. I mean, yeah, seems you know, so that's my name too. You know, that's <laughs> but at the end of the day it's that cultural thing right. is extremely important. Now, let's take a step back and look at somebody who is just from, you know, we're we're talking about people who are from Wisconsin and New York and mm-hmm. we talked about the blend of cultures that we have here in Northwest Arkansas and sure. geography really plays a big difference in that too, or a big part of that. So my boss is from Wisconsin, from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> some of the things he says are just off the wall, and it's not off the wall. It's just contextually out of place for me. Mm-hmm. So I'll, uh, there are two phrases that I'm going to say to you. I'm hoping that you will have heard one of them, if not both of them, but definitely hope. So when you're trying to say, I couldn't care less, like either way is fine with me, when you have two options and neither one of them are necessarily preferential to you, you couldn't care less. Have you ever heard of the phrase six, half dozen, another? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard of the phrase a horse apiece? No. They mean the same thing. But geography really makes a big difference because in the early 1800s, mid-1800s, I believe, and maybe even before that, huh. the phrase a horse apiece meant the same meant the same thing and guess what when you google it the very first yahoo response you get of what does this mean is a woman who's responding saying i grew up in green bay wisconsin (laughs) i am not joking so yes geography makes a huge difference because he chuckled when i said six half dozen the other because he had never heard it before wow so these are things though that like 
idiosyncrasies about the way yeah. we speak. We're speaking the same language. Sometimes right. Green Bay English sounds a little different than yeah. Hot Springs, Arkansas difference. But uh, English does. But heck, it's just so funny because yeah. I've, I've talked to people from all over the South that understand that. But, you know, having not been right. someone who grew up here, he didn't get it. And I didn't understand what he was saying. So it is a very funny thing. We chat about it often. Yeah. In fact, he makes fun of me. I kind of poke at him for things he says. Yeah. But that's part of what makes us good as a team. Um, but I think it's understanding that geography does play a huge, yeah. huge role in um, how you communicate with someone. Yeah. What, just general question here. We've talked about the the challenging thing um, about learning how to communicate as a young professional. Yeah. If somebody were to say, go back five years ago, Ryan, and somebody were to come up to you and say, five years ago, Ryan, I have one piece of advice for you regarding how to communicate effectively, how to be a professional, what would, what would you want that? What do you think that advice should have been? Hmm. Probably that there's a time and a place for every kind of communication and that learning when that is, is probably the most valuable thing that you can learn. I think we taught we talked about this in the past mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I have actually had happen to me is during the first eighteen months that I worked at the company that I worked for i didn't have a really defined role and because of that um i had I had a manager who wanted me to do things and you know i had i had uh, goals and priorities and things like that but the role that I was doing was legitimately I was the only person doing what I was doing in the world Wow so when we went to New York where most of the role, you know, most of the team that would be this type of role was all doing manufacturer clients, but they were, but the, none of them sat on site. I was the only person that was sitting in a retail on on site at a retail client trying to do what I was doing. And what made it harder is I didn't have the tools I needed to do it, and the tools didn't exist for retail. Maybe they do today. <laughs> Maybe. Um, long story short, because of that challenge, I struggled really mightily to find my place in the organization and find a way, a balance of bouncing around enough in the office to learn, Mm -hmm. but not going so far as to having people interpret my, you know, absence from my desk as being a positive thing. So they would, uh, you know, I was typecast in, 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 in the office as being someone who wasn't a hard worker. When that wasn't, (laughs) that couldn't have been further from the truth. I was just in a role that, I had a lot more free time and I didn't know how to do, how to have that free time. I didn't know how to communicate with people to let them know that, hey, I've got bandwidth. I really want to learn. The role that I'm in is, we'll say 180 degrees opposite of what everyone else in here is doing. In fact, the data sets that I'm trying to leverage, I'm leveraging all of our core data sets but I really need to be leveraging data sets that I don't even have access to mm-hmm. in order to answer the questions that I really think are necessary. So help me communicate with, you know, if somebody had asked me, I would have asked, I would, I would really want to know now that you have to be able to understand time and place. And I didn't do a good job of that. And it, it, it did hurt me. And I think what hurt me more probably personally it hurt, you know, me to know that other people would say those things about me, but not yeah. say them to my face. And so that's the other thing that I would ask that I would have hoped to have learned is that the same, not behind the back, but um, the same type of social 
conversations that we unfortunately have in society where people say things that they're not willing to say to your face, those things happen in, in the business world too. Yeah. And so maybe not necessarily connected to communication, but um, that's why it's so important, I think, to be so able to articulate who you are, your brand, you stick to you. If you do you and it rubs someone the wrong way, you might have happen what happened to, to me happen to you. You might have a situation where people think that you're inherently a chatty Cathy. You don't, you don't care about the work you do and you're not interested in learning. It's not true. But those people were unable to realize my communication style and how I am a very hands-on, you know, more introverted person, extroverted person, excuse me. And because of that, I wasn't being a slacker. Mm -hmm. I was seeking work. I was seeking things right. to do. And in in the middle of that, yeah, of course I was trying to learn who the people were that I was working that were working around me. Um, that 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 balance between water cooler talk and business talk mm -hmm. is also really challenging. Right. Because it's unfortunate, but it definitely happens where you, know, you have to be accountable for the work or the output that you're putting out. And if you're, you know, if if people have seen you for the glimpse of time that they were in the lunchroom twice a day or whatever, they saw you there each time, like they assume that you're up and walking. I used to, at first, I was coming into the office at six o'clock in the morning, um, which is abnormally early mm -hmm. for here, at least. I was coming into the office at six, 6 o'clock in the morning, driving from Fayetteville, so that means I left at 5.15, 5.20 some days to get up here, and and I was in that lab where those machines were running basically from 6 o'clock in the morning until 10, when all of the reports were finished, and the first round of reports was finished, and I kicked off the second round. So, yeah, I was away from my desk a lot. But yeah. people didn't see it that way. They yeah. didn't understand. Well, all I had to do was put a little sticky note on my desk to say where I was. But it wasn't until I got out of that lab and out into, you know, at the client where I saw someone who had a, a little a ring. And on that ring, it had a way, uh, a, you know, stepped away, be back in 15, working from home. Went to an appointment, be back later, out of the office for the rest of the day, on vacation, a list of things that where someone could be. So I wasn't delivering that message right. to the end user. I didn't know that people would be looking for me because my manager knew where I was. But um, I don't attribute all of it to that. Of course, there was sure. a lot of growth that I needed to do, and I'm very grateful of that. But uh, because I've gone through some pretty rough times, I think that when you when you go through rough rough times with an organization, you can run from them, which some people that I've worked with have, um, maybe because they thought that they banged their head up against the wall so many times that you know whatever was happening to them didn't didn't it didn't work out. But I think ultimately, uh, for me, I wanted to see it through because I thought that the growth was worth it, and I thought that if if they were willing to invest in me at the end of the day, then it was a company that was I was worth investing myself into. Indeed. Well, thank you again. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. That concludes our discussion with Ryan, as well as puts us at the halfway point for our first season. We really appreciate everyone who has downloaded, listened to, and reviewed our podcast. We're going to be taking several weeks off for the holidays before we air our next episode. 
Although we'll be off the air, we'll still be in room 118 of the Walton College of Business main building if you want to come visit us in person. Happy holidays, safe travels, and best of luck to all of you out there who are graduating or who are starting an internship in January. I hope these episodes have helped you prepare, but more than anything, I hope they've given you more confidence in the fact that you can contribute to and make a positive impact in whatever organization or office you're joining. Thanks again. Thanks again.